Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. How are you? It's Trina. Now, we're going to talk about a subject that is not getting enough coverage in the media at all. Uh, Kat Nolan is here to explain her story. ADHD and getting a late diagnosis of ADHD. Now, I think, Kat, a lot of people, you know, if there's a bold child or a child misbehaving in the supermarket, they go, oh yeah, ADHD, that's what that is. Not necessarily number one. And also, uh, ADHD goes so undiagnosed for so many people, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. Too many. Not only underdiagnosed, like a lot of us have been misdiagnosed, Mm. uh, in particular women. This is men as well. The only reason I say more in particular women is because women, um, we internalise things and we turn our feelings inward. We don't kind of act outward, whereas boys, when you think of ADHD, you think of a boy acting out. Mm. You know, Boisterous kind of behaviour. Exactly. Like, and you can nearly pick the ones out in the schools, you know what I mean, who are can't sit still and always fidgeting and always jumping around. Whereas you're not paying attention to the young girl who's daydreaming and who's lonely or has no friends, you know, and who's quiet and shy. You know, we present completely different. Mm-hmm. And especially as we get older and as young girls turn into teenagers, when hormones come into play, when we come into our monthly cycle, it plays a huge part in our mood, in our emotions, in how we handle things daily from day to day, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then what happens is then, like, when teens then are undiagnosed, they turn to self-medication. That's where addiction comes in. So you, Kat, you got a diagnosis of ADHD at the age of 42. Yeah, 42, yeah. Now, I, I've known, I've always, my whole life I've known, I've always felt like an alien in the world, like I don't belong anywhere. You know, never felt like I fit in, didn't have many friends in primary school, found groups of friends in secondary school, but they were the messers and they, I gravitated, we gravitate towards each other. Mm. Apparently it's a neurodivergent Because, you, know? you know, I'm talking to you, you're so outgoing. I can't imagine yeah. you didn't have many friends. Yeah, you see, but you can have the other side as well. So I'm, I'm the hyperactive side as well. So I'm like, you think of the annoying kid, you know, who's always the young girl who's asking questions all the time, who talks excessively. That was me. Mm. I couldn't sit in the chair and I talked excessively and stuff as well. And I was a daydreamer and all that sort of stuff. And that's grand as a child. But as I then turned into a teen, that's where like the depression and stuff comes in and the anxiety mm. and the self-doubt and the negative self-talk and, you know, that you're not good enough because you've been told to always be quiet. So do you know. feel, do you feel, Kat, then, that you, you kind of get a sense then that you are annoying to other people? Yeah. 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 Okay. You feel like you're irritating other people by existing, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, that can, can be how it feels. Now, a lot of girls present inattentive, so they might be shy, you know. But, like, I have a, a thing there in, I still have some of my old school reports. So I never did well in maths. I failed both state exams, junior certs and leaving certs. I got up and walked out half an hour after every exam started because I had no interest. Mm. Once my brain isn't interested in something, it switches off. And I can't, I physically can't take in the information into my brain. It doesn't work that way if I'm not interested in the subject. And you learn then to mask. So you learn to make all the right faces and you learn to make all the right expressions so everyone thinks you're listening and thinks you're paying attention. Girls are really good at masking. And that's where we fly under the radar. 
you, you think you're depressed or you think you have anxiety and it's not. You're walking around with an undiagnosed disorder that you can get so help for, you know. This ADHD, so you were diagnosed at 42. Yeah. So how did that come about? How did that come to be that you got that diagnosis then? Well, I went to my doctor about eight years ago and asked her because I have three sons and my middle son, I could see all these traits coming out. So, you know, I knew a couple of other kids that would have, you know, other boys like in the estate that would have had ADHD, you know, and my me and myself and my son are very similar. So I started to see a lot of similar traits in myself and I kind of went, could I have this? Is it possible to have it as an adult? I didn't even know you had an, could have it as an adult. You know, again, I was under the, the impression that you grow out of. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it's not. It's not, it's not yours. It doesn't go away. It's there forever. But your environment has a lot to play a part in. So, like, if you're, like, living a really stressy life, like, I was a teenage mother, so I lived quite a very stressful life, like, financially, emotionally, you know, a lot of pressure. So my symptoms would be really obvious. Whereas someone who might, like, live a quieter life, you know, and is, has a more calm environment, they may go through life and never need any help. It's a spectrum. It's not one fits all. It's somebody could be, you know, just have a few of the traits or just be one kind, just be the inattentive kind, or they could be the hyperactive, the hyperactive kind, or they could be what I am, the combined type. I'm, yeah. I have both. Okay. So now I may forget what I'm talking about. You'll have to that's bring okay. me back in. No, no, that's okay. You're doing great. <laughs> You're doing brilliant. So you went to the, the, the GP and you mentioned, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm noticing yeah, that I'm um, kind of have similar, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm similar to my I, son. I mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. And um, I just got told, I'm not sure, like, no, she's, this is not your age. What should we be doing that for? No, no point. Just, Why do GPs? I, I just find that a lot. Don't People talk to me all the time about GPs. Oh. They just don't want to know unless it's black and white, it seems. Listen, my thing is this. I think GPs don't want to know. They don't want to refer to specialists because the drug I'm on is a controlled drug and I feel they don't want the responsibility of having patients, teenagers and adults on that. They don't want a list of people maybe and being responsible for people on a controlled drug. That's what I feel. As well, don't forget GP stands for general practitioner. They're not a specialist, but what they're neglecting to do is refer us to specialists. Yeah, There needs to be Something changed in this country that we have more specialists in the head area. People are suffering with their mental health left, right and centre. And it's not just, they're not just suffering with ADHD. There's lots of other disorders as well that people are getting misdiagnosed and underdiagnosed for, that there's other medication for, or people might not want to go on medication. They might want to just implement different things in their life. But at least they have answers as to what is going on in their head. What could you implement, Kat, though, if it wasn't medication? Like, what could you do that so, might help the ADHD? So, like, exercise is a huge thing for us. But having the motivation sometimes, so we lack, we lack dopamine, the chemical dopamine, basically, right? And that's to do with our executive function, functioning, thinking and doing. So we lack that. So, like, your neurotypical person, you know, will get a dopamine hit off, like, doing their washing, you know, doing their normal daily tasks. You get little dopamine hits like that and that's fine and you can go through life that's that's great Mm. we don't get that we need it quickly we don't get that same reward system we haven't got the executive function to just get up and do the thing we can work great under really high pressure situations so like if someone was to drop in front of me now I could jump into action and be given that person CPR for 20 minutes until an ambulance came but making my bed in the morning is like climbing Everest 
Really? Right, yeah. yeah. And how yeah. is it, like, talking to me here on the radio, that's a pressure situation for, for most people. How is that for you? Absolutely fine, because it's something I'm passionate about. Yeah. No problem when it's something I'm passionate about. But you, if you were to start talking to me about, say, geography, I'd completely tune out. I'm gone. You're gone. I'm gone. My yeah. brain is gone elsewhere. Yeah. And I won't be talking to you about geography. Don't you worry yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's going on holidays. That's about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. If it's, if it's holiday geography, <laughs> then I'm all about that. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, so you got the diagnosis from your GPs, though, did you? Or no. were you referred? So I went yeah. privately. So I, um, I suffer with a blood clotting disorder. So I, I had a blood clot in my brain when I was 40. I had a stroke when I was 40. Oh, my God. Yeah, and no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm on medication for the rest of my life, and I'm fine. I, it's a hereditary disorder, so it's you know there's nothing I can do. About. My hematologist, I had said it to her because I'm under a neurology team as well, and I thought these are the perfect people to say this to because I wasn't getting anywhere with my GP. I was actually my hematologist that said to me, you know, you can go privately about that. I didn't know that you could do that and you didn't need a GP referral. She gave me the names of a few people and I started looking into it and I found a clinic, ADHD doc, down in Merriam, just at the back of Vincent. It's a private clinic and I emailed them. I got a date for an assessment. I had to wait about four months for mine. There's a lot of places popping up, private places popping up now. It's, it's a little bit quicker. People aren't having to wait as long, but it costs money. Mm. Like it costs about, you're talking between eight and 900 euro. But, it's not up front. For most of the places that I know, it's 300 to book your assessment and then you pay in bits and pieces as you go back because they keep you for about six months to monitor you on the medication before you go, you get handed back to your GP. So you can kind of pay it off. So it's not, you know, it's not, I know 900 euro sounds huge, but when it's broken down, for some people that can be doable. Mm. You know, and so when you, when you went in, Kat, then did they know pretty much straight off? Yeah, this is it. Yeah, like I was in there, like it's a, it's a two to three hour assessment. Like you'd have your blood done, you'd have an ECG done to make sure your heart is okay, you'd make sure your kidney functions okay. Because again, the medication it's a stimulant. The medication I'm on is called Tyvon, and I take seventy milligrams of Tyvon today. So that's it's got about eight ten hour uh, lasting effect. And what it does for me is it completely quiets down my brain. There's no mess like my brain goes 90 miles and there's a thousand things going on in my head from the minute I open my eyes to the minute I go asleep like I described to my doctor like wanting to take my brain out and scrub it with a toothbrush so it was clear and put it back in and, and what do you think like is it worry that you're thinking of or, or what, are the, what are the things that are going through your like head negative self-talk intrusive thoughts like every time I get into my car I imagine myself in a car crash and hmm. yeah like it's and it's, it's involuntary these thoughts pop into our heads, like I imagine my children like being murdered and people breaking into your house, walking down the road. The worst case scenario to. of every situation. Every yeah. situation. And that's every day. Can you imagine how exhausting yeah. that is? And yeah. that is why people self-medicate. And would you would you have kept up to yourself, Kat, or would you would oh, you yeah, vocalise that to people around you like No, because if you think you think if you say these things out loud that people are gonna think you're crazy. You you know, if you if you were to you think to yourself I tell someone not to think this. They're going to take my kids off me. Or they're going to, you know, you know that type yeah, of way. They're going, yeah. they're going to think I'm not stable. Yeah. You know, if, uh, and then to find out, like, I started a page on Instagram mm. um, for ADHD when I got diagnosed. And there's a few hundred on it. And the amount of, oh, my God, I thought that was just me. Yeah. You wouldn't believe it. It's just. 
I'm looking so, at your page here, Kat, and I'd love to give it yeah. out, just give out the details if yeah, anyone yeah. wants to, because I know you are, you're trying to build a community to help other so, people yeah, who are struggling I'm as well. Really, yeah. So the yeah. Instagram handle is, so it's lowercase, it's ADHD underscore at the word spelt, not just the symbol, yeah. at AT43. So ADHD yeah. underscore at 43 on Instagram yeah. because, you know, you're, you're diagnosed as an adult. So yeah. it's all making sense to you now, is it? Oh, it was like um, it, it was like somebody lifted the weight of the world off my shoulders. I've always been known as the black sheep of the family. I was the one that got knocked up at 17, you know, and I moved out and got my own flat at 18, pushing me stuff across the road, shopping trolley five months pregnant, thought I knew it all, you know. So I've always been known as the black sheep. And when you're sitting in front of a doctor and someone is telling you after 42 years, it's not your fault. Like, I'll even get emotional thinking about it now. Just to be told that, that it's not you, that, that your brain is wired differently. It's not your fault you couldn't learn math. Like, I did foundation math. I have a dyscal- dyslexia and math is called dyscalculia. You know, I couldn't do math. I wasn't able to, but I've had dusters thrown at my head in secondary school. You know, I was still in the 90s. Do you know what I mean? You got clattered across the back of the head. Like I know, things were so different, weren't they, when we were in school? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I was deemed unteachable. They wanted me out of the school. I was troubled. I, was, I wasn't. I was just lost, mm. you know? So there's so many. Think of all the kids you went to school with. Think of all the kids out there now. The people I went to school with all had children, right? So, you know, whoever else was undiagnosed with me in school, you know, it's hereditary. It passes down. So people have given it to their children, you know, involuntarily, whatever the word is, then they have their now, their children are assessed and they're still walking around thinking there's something wrong with them. There's an idea now, Kat, if you do have a child who has been diagnosed with ADHD, you probably need to speak to somebody yourself. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And have a think about things. I have a thing that I want to push that I'm I'm in the the middle of writing an email to the Minister for Health. I feel that every child in this country should be screened in primary school for dyslexia, dyscalculia, ADHD and ASD. They need to be screened and catch it at the source. If you catch children when they're young, you're going to prevent a lot of addicts in the future and a lot of suicides because it's linked to that too. We're twice as likely to take our own lives. And I can personally say that as a team, I had many, many thoughts of just going, I just love to go to sleep and not wake up. Mm. Becoming a mother saved my life. My children saved my life. I would have gone down a very dark road. I would have gone into addiction or not be here. I I can honestly put my hand in my heart and say that, that I was that low and lonely because I didn't have any real friends. You bounce around from person people to people because you think people are sick of you. So you bounce around, but you don't, you know, you find people with ADHD. Are, yeah. You might seem so outgoing, but we're quite lonely. So it's like you, the way you hear about people, oh, they're, they're grand in small doses. Somebody that, might make that comment. Go. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Like, and that's why we kind of, when we turn to adults, we shut ourselves off because you don't, you don't want to be annoying people and you don't want to, you know, be like that but then as women when women is like I'm now a perimenopausal age so that's where my symptoms really reared again I felt like like teenage years they really from about like 35 they just like really were raring up I was going like what is going on why does my head never stop mm. like, I remember saying to my doctor like my head doesn't stop it never stops it's going like 
I'll be out somewhere and I can't, like, I've sensory issues as well with lights and sounds and crowds and clothes and food. There's only certain foods I can eat and all. It's so much deeper than just the bold child in school. Yeah. And that's what I want to get people talking about. It's not just me. There's others. I know there's other people, like, um, have platforms that are coming out and, you know, having their assessments and getting diagnosed. And it's brilliant. You know, so that's that's what we need. It's not just the bowel child that can't sit in their chair. There is so much, so much more involved, you know. Do yourself a favour, follow Kat there, even if it's not in your family. It's it's so interesting to have a look at her Instagram, ADHD underscore at 43, and uh, spell out the word at, so A-T, ADHD underscore at 43, and you can uh, get information there because you are trying to, you know, build up this community because yeah, this was so new to you. I mean, yeah. I bet you never thought at 42 you'd get that diagnosis of no, ADHD. I didn't. And it was the weight that was lifted off my shoulders when somebody just told me it's not your fault. Yeah. Ah, it all, all makes sense now. Yeah. It all made sense. And I'm still, I'm still getting to know myself. And, you know, you do a lot as well. A lot, a lot, another symptom would be like, you know, in women, girls, People pleasers, you know, the, the, the people you can rely on that say yes to everything. Uh-huh. People pleasers, that's, that's another, we, we try because we want people to accept us. So we'll go, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Whether it's convenient for you or not. Yeah, whether it's convenient or not. And you'll run yourself into the ground. And then that turns into a, a grown woman then that's running herself into the ground. And then, you know, it, it, it's all a domino effect. Where does it go? And financial difficulties, well, we struggle with finances. I've always struggled with finances and being in debt and stuff like that as well. Because money comes into your hand and you're just, you're, you're frivolous spend. You won't think of the bills. You'll go, ah, I'll do that another time. Yeah, there's no urgency to get a bill paid. Not, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but you know, you might see something random that you think you're going to use and you go, oh yeah, that looks like fun. It's just an instant dopamine. Oh God, you the get... middle aisle in the supermarket must oh, be a nightmare God, for I you. Like, <laughs> I have to wear headphones in the shop now. I've implemented Should come that, home like... with a canoe. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> You see the back of my car. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Kat, I think you're an absolute breath of fresh air to talk oh, to. Thank you. I could have you on every week on the show. And well, uh, if you want to have me on every week talking about this, that's no problem. Oh, you're brilliant. You're brilliant. <laughs> Listen, thanks so much, Anna. We'll get the word out. Kat Nolan there talking about her, her late diagnosis of ADHD at the age of 42. Trina, thank you for, thank you so for covering much. the subject. Thank you. Not so at all. Much. It's Ireland's Classic Kids Radio.